Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Mancone. If you listen to the news every day, it could be easy to start to feel like everything is going wrong in Taiwan these days. With stagnant wages, political gridlock, vote buying and corruption, we might forget just how much is going right over here. Well, we got a bit of a reminder of that recently from an unlikely place. The Germany-based Bartelsmann Foundation recently released a review of 129 developing countries, that is, countries transitioning toward stronger democratic governance and freer market economies. On that list, Taiwan came in first, topping the likes of the Czech Republic, Poland, and even South Korea. To help explain how Taiwan gained such high marks, I recently spoke with Robert Schwartz, one of the project managers for the report. Here's our conversation. Robert Schwartz, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, the report is the Bartleman's Transition Index. And, uh, of course, Taiwan did quite well on this. Uh, but the overriding theme of the report is one of alarm uh, more than anything else. Uh, the world in general, the report uh, suggests, uh, is facing some problems with uh, many, many, many of these uh, countries that you assessed uh, sliding back in a lot of ways in terms of their democracy uh, and their economy. So I wanted to start a conversation uh, just by taking a look at uh, the context uh, in which Taiwan's own ratings take place, because uh, the world as a whole, I mean, that just provides an even sharper contrast for uh, what you found in Taiwan. Yeah, good question. That's right. Uh, in fact, we have assessed in the BTI 2016 that uh, the world has become more fragile, more author- authoritarian, and uh, more conflict-ridden. In the past uh, 10 years, the conditions for peaceful change towards democracy based on the rule of law and a socially responsible market economy have uh, worsened. And our index identifies uh, three main crisis phenomena uh, in these 129 countries that we assess. Uh, first of all, the influence of religious dogma on politics and on legal institutions has grown in the 10 years quite considerably. Uh, 42 countries are affected, uh, most of them in the uh, MENA region, uh, Middle East and North Africa, uh, but also in West Africa and East Africa. Secondly, um, the authoritarian regimes uh, that we already have in our index, they have become more repressive. Uh, they especially limit association and assembly rights and freedom of the press, and the number of hard autocracies has grown significantly. Now we have one-third of the country sample uh, being assessed as uh, hard autocracies. Um, and third, uh, governments were less successful in managing the cleavages and conflicts in society than in our previous assessments. Almost half of the countries assessed were not willing or not able to assume a moderating role, uh, to prevent these uh, societal conflicts from escalating. These uh, three crisis phenomena that I just described are based on a dis- uh, disappointed expectations. Uh, if the gap between the rich and poor does not close, as in Latin America, if mass poverty remains a persistent reality, as in sub-Saharan Africa, uh, if expectations of reform are disappointed, as in the Arab region, And if welfare promises are not fulfilled, as in East, Central, and Southeast Europe uh, in that region, then uh, people are susceptible to uh, populism and radical ideologies. 
Uh, and this context of the whole report that I just outlined might be one explanation for Taiwan's top ranking in the report. But of course, uh, Taiwan has also uh, many strengths in itself that distinguish it from other well-performing countries that we, of course, also have in the BTI. Uh, right. And on that note, let's uh, transfer the focus over to Taiwan. And uh, just let's start with uh, the bare basics. What did you find? What did your assessors find when they were looking at Taiwan, putting this report together? Uh, well, maybe that's a good uh, point to start to explain what we actually measure in our status index of the transformation index. Um, in our status index, we measure, first of all, the progress towards democracy based on the rule of law, and second, the progress towards a socially responsible market economy. And if we look at the democracy side, um, we have to assess that Taiwan is a, really a high performer in terms of democratic politics and liberal uh, market policies. And in, on the democratic side, we see that uh, uh, the quality of elections, um, the, uh, the absence of undemocratic veto actors, um, the stability of democratic institutions, and a vibrant civil society uh, contribute to a climate uh, which is um, democratic by all standards. Taiwan is rated at the highest, with the highest score in most of the indicators which which assess uh, the quality of uh, democracy. And uh, on, the, on the market economy side, uh, we have seen that Taiwan, Taiwan did also well in the review period. Um, solid growth, uh, low inflation, uh, increased exports, uh, unemployment at uh, less than 4%, and a solid uh, financial sector. Um, one um, concern that some people raise is, of course, the, um, the exposure, the economic exposure to China, which has grown um, also in the past eight years. Um, uh, yeah, that would be one, one concern, but, but this concern by, uh, by far does not um, uh, diminish the, the positive uh, outlook and the positive assessment that, that our index provides for Taiwan. Right. So that gives us a sense of uh, what you found over here in Taiwan. But uh, let's take a look at uh, the slightly deeper question of why Taiwan is on uh, this more positive path. Why is it doing well uh, compared to uh, all these other countries in the world that uh, you you have documented are are really struggling right now? Uh, Did your report find anything in that regards? The reason for Taiwan's success, uh, both in terms of its quality of democracy and in terms of its market economy, is a quite long ongoing transition process. First of all, uh, in, in Asia, there are two examples uh, of a quite distinct uh, developmental model, uh, which is South Korea and Taiwan, a developmental model which prioritized economic transformation first and uh, democratized only later. And uh, with the democratization, which also started in the 80s already and was finally um, achieved in the 1990s, um, with this uh, historic trajectory, uh, Taiwan looks back at a, um, yeah, at a, at a positive uh, development towards democracy. And um, it is not just the current government that can be credited for its success. Um, excuse me, the previous government, the, the KMT government, uh, which we assessed in the report, um, but it's the already existing tradition of democratic practices, a vibrant civil society, um, and 
an extremely successful economic um, development which Taiwan has seen in the past decades, which contributes to the high ranking of Taiwan. Now, I, I, I kind of just have to say, I, I, I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect many of our listeners are, are going to be somewhat surprised that Taiwan did uh, as well as it did in your assessment, just because when you live here, I mean, there's just a ton of anxiety uh, on the street, in uh, on the news, uh, about so many social problems in Taiwan. You know, you have the, the stagnating wages, uh, you have... Uh, difficulty in uh, expanding uh, Taiwan's trade with uh, other countries. Um, you have uh, corruption, very well-documented cases of corruption that a lot of people are worried about. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, uh, just back in 2014, that uh, the legislature was occupied by uh, hundreds of young people, students. Uh, I mean, that is not typically seen as a sign of a stable, business-as-usual, you know, competent governance. Uh, it's not a sign of any of those things. So uh, tell us a little bit, what do you think the disconnect is there? Are we just too close to these problems? Is is there another perspective uh, that we should be thinking about? <laughs> uh, ironically, what you describe, the, the, um, the vibrant civil society that is acting on the... Uh, uh, that is acting in, active in Taiwan, and um, the problems that people obviously see in, a, in the functioning of a democracy, um, we see this in many countries which, um, which perform well on the index, that uh, the perception of the functioning of democracy is quite lower than the actual status. So, um, of course, the occupation of the parliament has been a um, disturbing uh, event in, in uh, Taiwanese history, but actually this happened in the review period of the current BTI 2016, which looks at the period from January 2013 to January 2015. And uh, our experts agreed that this occupation was uh, not a great challenge to the functioning of the democracy in Taiwan, but rather an expression of a vibrant civil society. And coming back to your to your question, um, the fact uh, that people perceive um, democracy not as functioning is a quite common fact which we see in many uh, top-performing countries in the BTI. Um, the Uruguayan uh, democracy um, also uh, has, um, is perceived as, as having uh, or is internally being perceived as not performing well by some people. But um, this uh, competition, this political competition, which sometimes um, goes over the top, um, is uh, sometimes also a sign of a well-functioning democracy. So in a way, I mean, the administration did have uh, some of a response to the occupation. Uh, there was uh, promises to, to pass uh, oversight legislation for uh, cross-strait agreements. Of course, that hasn't been passed, but, you know, there was some kind of a response to uh, the occupation. So I guess uh, based on what you're saying, uh, perhaps we could see it as a sign of a strong civic engagement in Taiwan more than anything else. Yes, I think we can see it this way. Um, Taiwan has experienced a change of power several times. Now for the second time, the DPP has come uh, into power. Um, and um, this is a sign of a functioning democracy and a, a well-functioning yeah, well democracy. And the vibrant civil society uh, active in Taiwan um, has made this possible. So um, in, in most countries that we assess, we have uh, not seen one peaceful 
democratic, truly democratic transfer of power. So when we look at the Taiwan results, we also have to put in perspective at the sample of countries, 129 countries we are looking at here. And um, comparing to other Asian and Oceanian countries, Taiwan by far outperforms all the others, even South Korea, uh, which has uh, also some, some problems in its democracy now. All right. So we've been uh, pretty positive so far up to here, uh, mostly just talking about uh, the strong points in Taiwan. But your report did identify a couple of issues that uh, need to be addressed. Uh, and I, I think the first and foremost, uh, it talked a lot about uh, the judiciary and some of the issues uh, seen as compromising the objectiveness of uh, those serving as judges and serving in the judiciary. Uh, could you talk a little bit about what the report, what the survey found there? Yeah, the judiciary is uh, still seen as a weak uh, point uh, since there are concerns over politically biased judges and high-profile cases and uh, the political-driven selection of uh, high-level court personnel. So um, we have assessed Taiwan's uh, uh, judicial system uh, as a weak point here, but these weaknesses are not comparable to those weaknesses that we see in many of the other uh, 128 other countries that we assess. So, um, in in overall, uh, looking from a from a bird's eye view, um, the separation of powers and the rule of law in Taiwan, including the judiciary, uh, is still working quite well. And just to kind of wrap things up, I mean, I really want to get back to this question of what separates Taiwan uh, from the countries that uh, your report sees as somewhat less successful in these metrics that you're measuring. I mean, maybe we can just ask this in a really broad way. What are the signs that, you know, a a country is going to be on a path uh, towards strengthening democratic institutions, strengthening economy, uh, or, you know, on on a very different path, on a path towards, uh, you know, chaos and uh, less strong institutions. Are, are there any uh, things that you can point to to look for uh, so that we can get some sense of what path a country is on? Um, one premise of our analysis is that we have to look at transformation processes towards democracy and market economy holistically. So democracy will not work in a country where in the long run, uh, socioeconomic demands of people are not being met, social exclusion is widespread, and uh, the gap between rich and poor is widening. This is one of the reasons why in the current report we see uh, democracy struggling, because people feel that uh, their demands are not being addressed by the political parties, by the political elites. And um, so democracy, the functioning of democracy depends on the functioning economy and economic, socioeconomics. Um, and on, vice versa, um, many examples have shown, uh, Taiwan is one, one uh, exception here, but many examples have shown uh, from around the world that socioeconomic progress use, usually works better in an environment of competitive political systems um, with um, the possibility to replace uh, an authoritarian government uh, by a democratically elected new leader who can um, bring those those um, demands from society into the political process. Um, and this is probably the most, uh, the, the biggest exception that Asia poses as a whole with having South Korea and Taiwan as two examples, having developed the economy first and then democratizing. 
and several other countries like China, like Malaysia, um, going the same path with an open end. So I guess if we just take that logic and uh, apply it to Taiwan, then really the thing that we're going to be wanting to pay attention to to uh, see if Taiwan is going to continue on this path is just how responsive uh, is that government being to the needs of average citizens? How how much are they responding to those needs and carrying out what uh, average citizens really want in Taiwan? Yeah, I would I would agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, whoever wins the election in Taiwan... Um, has to pay attention to the to the demands of society, and the conditions for the DPP government now are better than than in, in the previous uh, presidency uh, of them because uh, now they have a double majority in in uh, um, they have the they have the president and then they also have um, the majority in parliament. So the the conditions for the DPP to to perform are better now than in the deadlock that we have seen in the uh, past um, term in office. All right. Well, we will keep our eyes on all of that. The full name of the report, once again, is the Bartleman Siftong's Transformation Index. You can find it online. We have been speaking today to one of the report's project managers, Robert Schwartz. Robert, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. Taiwan Talk is, of course, ICRT's weekly interview segment, bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan, broadcasting each Monday at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. at the end of the Top of the Hour news segment. You can find extended versions of these interviews, such as the one that you just heard, online at the ICRT website and on iTunes. If you do listen through iTunes, please take a second to rate and review the show when you're done. Helps other people discover the program and also lets us know what you're thinking, which is uh, really important. You can also send us a message, reach out to us uh, through our Facebook page. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the program. Good, bad, ugly, whatever you got uh, helps us decide how we're going to make these things. Well, that is it for the show today for ICRT and Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. See you next time.